welcome to the Truth Labyrinth Podcast. My name is J.R. Everhart from Restoration Ministries. I will be your host for today's program. Uh, today's program is titled No Magic Wands. And I'm just going to kind of leave that out there in the world of mystery for you to try and figure out. We're going to dive into a very deep spiritual subject today that God has been working on me with for several months. And I haven't quite been able to get it all together and get all my ideas straight and everything he's trying to tell me until this week. And uh, this, this week's episode has been covered with a lot of prayer. So stick around. We'll be back in about 60 seconds. I want to talk to you guys for a second about my company, COP Audio. COP Audio is your one-stop source for mobile audio and lighting, as well as a host of other services. Uh, we can handle everything from large outdoor concerts to small club-type shows or even DJing your wedding or company picnic. Uh, we also work with local and regional government for public address events and summer community concert series-type stuff. We also do event planning and band booking, as well as audio install work at your local church or high school. You'll find tons of information online about us on both Instagram and Facebook. When you go to our Facebook page, make sure that you read our reviews from our clients. You can also find us uh, by just calling me or texting us, uh, 304-676-8811, 304-676-8811. You can also email me at... Um, jr.coplaudio at gmail.com that's jr.coplaudio at gmail.com CLP Audio has a long success record with dozens of bands, churches, and event venues all around the Mid-Atlantic again, find us on Instagram and Facebook by searching CLP Audio or call 304-676-8811 that's 304-676-8811 all right, welcome back. So today's message, no magic wands. Uh, this is one I've kind of been wrestling with all week and got a lot of time invested into. So uh, let's get at it. Uh, I silently look around social media regularly and sort of take an inventory of what uh, people normally put their faith in when it comes to dealing with life's hardships. Uh, I'm fascinated by that process because... Um, I'm someone who regularly works inside of recovery, as you guys know, and um, I'm curious as to how people are coping with their with their problems and their hardships. But it never ceases to amaze me how the same people who stand and criticize Christianity are the same people who will believe that we're somehow micromanaged by an alien race from another universe, or they put their faith in ancient rocks for their own healing or oneness with the great spirits of the universe. Uh, I seen a post the other day of a guy who was sitting in the sun and had a rock on his knee and was actually saying some very biblical things it sounded sounded almost like a christian post about how he was getting getting healing from the sun through this rock uh, and if you believe you will receive uh, that was kind of surreal to kind of see that that way um, but you know even in the face of our repetitive failure and rebellion against God, he still chooses to love us and display his grace and mercy in our lives every day. 
Call me crazy, but I guess in my mind it feels like it would take more faith to believe in evolution or some sci-fi conspiracy theory that we're just part of some alien lab experiment than what it would be to believe in the beautiful human man who was Jesus Christ, full of the Holy Spirit and the Son of God, laying his life down, you know, for all of us, innocent, charged as a criminal, Uh, to free us from sin. Instead, people look in every other direction for peace and salvation in their lives. Uh, Why is it that most people will kill themselves protecting the religious rights of others until you mention the name of Jesus? I asked that question many, many times to many different people from different backgrounds, and I always kind of get the same deer-in-the-headlights look in response. Um, To me, it seems very easy to answer because the reason people get so jacked up when you mention Jesus is because just at the mention of the name Jesus, every demon in hell is trembling. And um, there is real demonic forces behind false religion. Um, There are no magic wands, you know. Um, The stereotype of Christianity is so far from what the Bible teaches, it's hard to get a fair shake in terms of spiritual validation in today's society. Honestly, most real Christians could care less about spiritual validation, but I think it stands to make that statement inside of this, this message. But still, people discount the followers of Christ and try to dismiss anything they have to say. Instead, they burn candles of mystical protection and worship creation instead of the Creator. This is not new. It's been around for thousands of years. Uh, That whole idea originated in a place called Babylon back in the ancient times. It's in the Old Testament, uh, written about and documented inside and outside the Bible uh, very clearly. And ever since God confused the languages at the Tower of Babel, which is where Babylon began, that is the place that became Babylon, mankind has tried to rebuild that tower and uh, the city uh, on their own terms of what is good and evil. We've seen this in every major empire to rise and fall throughout the ages, and it's happening to America as we speak. Um, Satan has no power to create. He only manipulates the things God has created. So he takes what was, you know, created for good and manipulates it into something evil to the best of his ability. But on and on I see people learning or leaning into astrology or other pagan belief systems to comfort them or give themselves some sort of spiritual connection. I stood just this last weekend and overheard a woman rambling on about astrology and how she has such deep faith in the horoscopes of astrology, how she'd spent countless hours studying these things and studying the stars. Uh, She stood there trying to guess everyone's signs and tell them who they were because of their signs. Um, She was failing miserably, but that didn't stop her from continuing on. Uh, I stood there and asked myself how wonderfully effective she would be for the gospel if she had studied the Bible uh, as much as she had studied the stars. I love this person very much. She's a very good friend of mine. I work with her semi-regularly, and um, I'm not saying these things to make her out to be a bad person. She's just 
is kind of, you know, um, exercising her right to believe that as her spiritual connection. I never get in the way of that. I never try to push what I believe onto someone who doesn't want to hear it. Jesus didn't do that, and I'm not going to do that. So I don't believe that that's biblical. Uh, But the thing that I've learned in my almost 30 years of Christianity is that not everyone is meant to see the truth of God's great love and mercy for us. Some will never open themselves to the gospel of Jesus Christ and live their lives in arrogant pride that they have the spirit realm all figured out. Sadly, all they're doing is buying into a system of lies um, that kind of works like a smoke and mirrors routine to keep them from the truth of Jesus Christ. The enemy does not care if you even attend church every week, just as long as you're not allowing the message of Jesus Christ to sink into your soul and change you. You know, um, there's a whole bunch of people going to church every Sunday who is not going to make it to heaven. Not because I'm the guy that puts people in heaven and hell, but because it's just biblical. You know, uh, the, I don't believe the Pharisees made it, and they were the religious leaders of Jesus' day. Uh, he stood in direct conflict with those guys regularly, telling them, you know, how their traditions and their, you know, what we would probably understand as denominations nowadays uh, has made God's word of no effect. Again, there's nothing new under the stars. You know, that's the same thing that we see today with all the different denominations and the church corruption that we've seen and and people who are just so arrogantly lost inside of religion instead of a relationship with Christ. Um, but, you know, I, I kind of find it funny how they still march on with their noses in the air and acting as though they're the only ones that understand real spiritual truth. It's ironic because to me that kind of sounds like the same load of you know, hypocritical bull butter they try to say about Christians. But hey, what do I know? The problem with all this pagan belief is that it doesn't truly comfort. And when I say pagan, I mean 95% of the world's religions outside of Christianity. Um, I label them all as pagans because they all can be traced back to Babylon where the religion of false gods and polytheism began. Um... Yes, it marched into other parts of the world and changed its names and culture and looks different uh, in different parts of the world, but the core system is the same. Faith in creation, multiple gods, self, and earning the right to enter paradise is Babylonian religion 101. It goes back literally thousands of years. Um, And it its comfort is kind of really has more of a placebo effect on people um, because it never really sustains people long term. Now, I do know people and, you know, some people are hell bent on never having to accept any form of Christianity. So they'll suffer for decades praying to rocks and trees and to the God of the universe who is not the God of the Bible just to prove that they are happy and they are at peace when I'm pretty sure if you follow them around for a few months, you'd see that um, that kind of stuff is only laying surface deep. They lean heavily into self-help, for which I would admit brings some healing in our lives, emotionally and psychologically. But it never heals the spirit and delivers what it promises, which is wholeness. 
Um, a person cannot be whole without being connected to the God that created us. And the only way to the Father is through the Son, Jesus. I know people close to me who kind of blend all these things together to try to find some sort of new religion that aligns with what they dictate to be good and evil in their lives, always moving the spiritual goalposts to align with their lifestyles, which usually changes with you know, the blowing winds of culture. The Bible says that um, we've been doing this kind of moving the goalposts thing ever since the Garden of Eden. Uh, the original sin of Adam and Eve was eating the fruit from the tree of the, of the knowledge of good and evil. Um, this gave them the ability to desi- decide on their own what is good and what is evil instead of trusting God for that knowledge. So that was the, the original sin of the garden. And what, I, what God has shown me here just recently in my life is that you can't stand at the tree and argue with the enemy. You can't stand there and argue, you know, at the door of temptation and think that you're going to win that argument because the enemy is very crafty and 99.9% of the time he is going to convince you to step across that line into the sin realm. Uh, The problem with this whole pagan idea and false religion is is that these gods are not very good gods. They never humble themselves to become human or walk out the human experience as Jesus did. Uh, Most are seen as higher than us, regular people, and far too wise to be part of the human experience. Jesus was just the opposite. He lived a life of a servant to his people. He healed the sick. He ate with sinners. He performed miracles that are well documented not just by the apostles in the Bible, but by Roman historians alike. Uh, There's plenty of evidence for that stuff outside the Bible to support what the Bible says. That's why it's genuinely, if you'll just spend a little bit of time and put a little bit of effort into studying the origins of the Bible, you will always come to the same conclusion, that there's far too much evidence there to discount it. Uh, Jesus taught in a manner using parables and illustrations that made his truth easy to understand to his listeners. Uh, We try to do that even today, you know, to take God's sometimes complicated truth and make it easier to understand uh, to those that are seeking that truth. Yes, there were some riddles in there, but nothing that couldn't be understood by anyone holding knowledge of the scriptures. Um... But some would argue that Buddha and Muhammad were human and servants to their people faithfully. But the difference is, Jesus is the only one who was raised from the dead. The resurrection is what sets Christianity apart from all the other religions. Um, And there's plenty of ancient documents to prove this over and over, not just the Bible. Uh, If you don't believe me, go and Google proof Jesus was resurrected. And you can spend about a month sorting through that mountain of information that is available on the subject. But you can visit the tomb of Buddha and Muhammad, and guess what? They're still there in the grave. Jesus conquered the grave to give us hope and his power and might to be overcomers of this world through him. 
Uh, greater is he that lives in us than he that lives in the world. Uh, we can do all things through Christ that strengthens us. That power of overcoming comes from the resurrection. And Christianity is the only religion that possesses that. Not to mention, as I alluded to earlier, faith in Jesus Christ is the only faith on earth that teaches entrance into heaven through what Jesus did with his death and resurrection and not from us having to earn our way into heaven with good deeds. Every other religion on earth teaches you have to earn your way into paradise waiting for us after death. It's either through self-denial, service, or enlightenment. Um, all spooky principles built on mysticism and curious spiritual wonder. Only Christianity teaches that faith in Jesus alone brings us into right standing with the Father. Our efforts for holiness and good deeds being present in our lives is a result of our faith, not the foundation of it. True Christians live their lives in a manner of service because that's what Jesus taught us to love our neighbors, and practice self-control. Again, a result of our faith, not the foundation of it. Jesus shed his blood for our coal black sins so that God's wrath against our sin would be satisfied once and for all that choose to believe. Many will ask why God's wrath had to be satisfied in the first place, and that's as simple as understanding that God is holy and cannot allow sin into his presence or into heaven. Otherwise, the culture of hell, i.e. sin, would pollute heaven. There always has to be a line drawn in the sand and a stopping point as to what will be accepted and what will be judged. Here's a simple illustration to reverberate this thought. Let's look at our recent struggles against COVID-19. It would be insanity to say that we should kill everyone polluted with the disease of coronavirus. Instead, out of our great love for humanity, we worked feverishly to develop a vaccine. While this was being developed, many people died, and some were even treated poorly because they were infected with COVID-19. People were afraid, and some people were kind of shunned, and even the government told us to lock ourselves up for months at a time to you know, protect ourselves and to protect others. That was not good for us psychologically or physically, you know, uh, but it's what had to be done. It was a hard pill to swallow, but it was necessary. Doctors did all they could to help these people, but sadly some died because the disease was stronger than their body's ability to fight off coronavirus. Imagine this period as the Old Testament. Many died. God had to put very stern rules into place to protect people from the disease of sin. Sadly, humankind was unable to fight off sin, and it was consuming all of mankind. So... Jesus came, the only Son of God, out of God's great love for the world, and he became the vaccine to cure our struggle with the disease of sin. Unfortunately, not everyone will choose to receive this sin solution. Instead, they will rebelliously go on living their lives fully infected with sin, spreading its death and chaos to all those around them. 
It's out of pride and fear that they refuse to accept Christ as their Savior from sin. And to add insult to injury, the father of sin, that murderer who whispers lies into the ears of the prideful and fuels the fear and self-centered righteousness of the wicked, Satan, he blinds them from Christ's love and desires to help them with religious dogma and the corruption of the church. He gives them countless excuses why they don't need Jesus or any of those hypocritical Christians. Satan is the one that fuels their foundation of self-entitlement and confidence that they have everything under control. All this while they lie, cheat, and steal their way to the top of the corporate ladder, addicted to power and money. They're riddled with divorce and have children that they rarely see. Jesus weeps in the spirit realm as he watches their lives spiral out of control. They chase pleasure at every corner of the internet and have no respect for anything. They hold nothing sacred and laugh at those who do. Their hearts are full of every kind of evil and their mouths are full of murderous words. Nothing satisfies their desires and they are lost in pursuits of happiness, never finding peace. Their hands hold swords of technology that mimics God's great comforter, the Holy Spirit. They have turned their beds into an altar of sexual idol worship and a performance arena. They've turned God's beautiful intimacy between a man and a woman into a constant pursuit of greater sexual intensity. But soon Christ's tears for the rebellion will turn to righteous anger as he splits the eastern skies and returns to judge the wicked and the sinful on that great day of the Lord. Every knee that bowed at the altar of sexual idolatry and every tongue that confessed blasphemy will bow and shout out to the heavens that Jesus Christ is Lord. Our lives here on earth have a purpose, and that purpose is to live in a manner that glorifies Christ, serving each other with love and compassion, seeking holiness in all that we do. Yes, we will fail at times, but we are not defined by our failures. We confess our sins daily and live a life that reflects God's grace and mercy. This was not an easy message for me to give, guys. But it's what I felt God leading me to say this week. I spent several days this week working on this message and praying over it. The time for playing games is over. Jesus is coming, and when he does, will you be ready? Will you be able to stand in confidence and say, I've run a good race and fought the good fight of faith? God brought a scripture to my memory as I was writing this, and it's from Revelation chapter 3, verse 16. It says, But since you are like lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Guys, we have to make a decision in our lives whether we will surrender our lives and will to Christ's care and control or continue to live life on our terms. It starts with trusting Jesus. Don't think about how your life will change because that's God's job. Uh, I can remember when I first came to the Lord, I was really worried about a lot of logistical things in my life that would have to change 
if I became a Christian. Um, the fear of that change and the fear of having to uh, maybe change the environments that I ran in, change the way I speak, the way I talk, change my habits, those things kept me from surrendering to God for a very long time before I finally got to a point where my desire to be one with Christ was more important to me than all that. And then what I discovered was all that stuff really didn't matter because God changed all those things. I really didn't have to make some huge soapbox stand in my life. All I had to do is put my faith in him. He changed my desires. He took, you know, the desire for sin away from a lot of things that I was participating in at that period of my life. I didn't even have to try to do that. It was just a byproduct of serving him. So we just have to focus on unconditional surrender to him and confess Jesus as our Lord and personal Savior. The cross of Calvary is our starting point. Leave the rest to him. Uh, in my own personal life, like I said, it took years for me to correctly align the way I lived with God's plan for me. God is patient. The Bible says that God is long-suffering toward us, that none should perish, but all come to repentance through Christ Jesus. It's a process. It's not an overnight sensation. But I never stopped praying for his forgiveness and grace along the way. I can remember praying prayers of surrender over and over. I'd say, Father, I belong to you. I give you all that I am, all my dreams, ambition, desires, and talents. Use me, Lord, for your glory, creating me a clean heart, that I might be someone your glory can shine through. This is part of my daily prayers even today. These first steps of faith and continued prayers of surrender is what my life has been built on. I've made huge mistakes along the way. Believe me, guys. It's not a it's not an easy road. My father used to say it takes a real man or a real woman to serve God, and boy, he wasn't lying. But God always took me in and restored me. Many times I was broken into a million pieces, but Jesus picked up every one of those pieces and put me back together in a better and stronger way. He, his purpose was always inside my problems. That process of brokenness is what my daily cross looks like, and I'm proud to carry it. Many times it feels too heavy to carry another day, and that's when Jesus comes up behind me and lifts it off my shoulders and says, Sit down and rest. I will take this from you today. Christ comforts. He's all about, you know, comforting us. He says, bring your burdens to me and I will give you rest. Take up my yoke and see that it's light and easy to carry. But what we have to understand is there's two sides to that conversation. Because Christ is more concerned with our growth than he is our comfort level many times. And let's face it, we live in a society that doesn't like to be uncomfortable. And every time we're uncomfortable, man, society has given us a, a a large pool of things to distract us from our pain. When God is trying to use that pain to lead you to a deeper place with him. He knows where our breaking point is and waits to pick up the pieces of our rebellion once again. Guys, if he can't challenge us, he can't grow us. And being challenged is never easy. 
but it's necessary and all part of his plan to grow us into a higher level of peace and harmony in our lives. The secret to carrying our cross of obedience and victory is keeping our eyes on him. We must never forget that we are going to heaven because of our faith in him, not our behavior. But our ministry to spread his good news of salvation only works when it's coming from those who are seeking holiness in their lives. So you can't speak about grace without in parallel speaking about holiness. Um, Again, there's no magic wands to make these things happen. It takes work. When it comes to spreading his truth to the hurting world, um, when we decide to live a life focused on seeking Jesus, the byproduct of that is holiness and clean living. Guys, when, when Christ comes into your life, you have such a connection with him that it's like you don't want to really... This desire in you wells up without any effort that you don't want to do anything to offend him. The same way that I wouldn't want to do anything to offend my friends here on earth. I love my friends. My friends are my family. And I would never do anything intentionally to offend them. And if I did offend them, I would be quick to repent. I would be quick to ask for their forgiveness because I love them and I want to be in relationship with them. Our relationship with Christ is the exact same way. This sort of life is something God's anointing can reside in, and when your words are delivered in love and saturated in God's anointing, it breaks bondage and sets people free. This is how the Holy Spirit works inside of our witness of Jesus Christ to the world around us. This is why you hear Christians talking so much about their struggles with sin. Christians desire to walk inside of God's anointing so we can be spirit-led and walk in God's will for our lives. It all starts with that first step of salvation. Um, Talk to God the same way you would talk to a friend. Tell him how you feel. Tell him what you fear. And then give all that to him in a confession of faith to him. It will change your life in ways you never seen coming, believe me. Um, I've seen introverts turn into extroverts and people who couldn't put two words together to make a sentence talk like a college professor when it comes to speaking about the Bible. Uh, God is really good at pulling things out of us we didn't even know existed. There will be challenges, but now you'll face those challenges with Christ and all his angels ready to war in the spirit realm on your behalf. There's no greater feeling than knowing that the creator of the universe has your back. If you have found value in this podcast or if it has blessed you in any way, can I ask a couple things from you real quick? Please rate and review this podcast on whatever format you listen to it on, especially if you use Google or Apple Podcasting app. Also, could I ask you to please donate to this ministry? Uh, We need your financial support. We are not sponsored by any church or religious denomination, nor do we have any corporate sponsors. Uh, We are totally independent and dependent on our listeners to make this ministry resource possible. Please consider giving to this ministry. I'll be sure to post links and information on how to give in the description of this podcast. 
And finally, and most importantly, we need your prayers for guidance and protection from the people who look to silence voices like ours. Pray for God's favor in the eyes of our enemies and grace in our hearts toward them. Pray that God uses this podcast to speak into the lives of those struggling with addiction and ministers to the hearts of the hurting. We need your prayers covering this ministry so we can be effective ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hey, thanks for listening to this podcast. My prayer is that it blessed you and brought you a fresh understanding of our lives in this world and our need for unity in Christ. A brush fire of revival in Jesus Christ is our only hope for satisfaction and true joy as we walk out the human experience that is our day-to-day lives. It's been my sincere honor to be your host today at the Truth Labyrinth Podcast. Be blessed and be a blessing to those around you. Till next time, I leave you with a scripture from Ephesians 6, 23 and 24. Peace be with you, dear brothers and sisters, and may God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you love with faithfulness. May God's grace be eternally upon all who love our Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, my God.